Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, good, Shad. I am doing good because welcome everyone to the the new fan cast for the rebooted uh, SWAT Cats cartoon. <laughs> uh, that's a thing that's allegedly happening. I I hate to be like Debbie Downer, but I'm I, I will believe it when I see it. I need it to I... stay as 90s. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it literally... If um if you if you if you blew like um one of the cat's heads off in the old cartoon with a shotgun like 90s extreme would just rainbow out of like their neck hole. <laughs> you know like that um do you remember that episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force like the G Wiz one where like the guy blows the head off of the nun and like no not acceptable and he does it again and a <laughs> yes. rainbow comes out like you know it's like that's fun yeah yeah well, if it happens, I'll have to wait and watch it to know how uh, how uh, excited I am to be for it. So we'll we'll just it wait needs and to, see. If it does not, if it if it does not have like obnoxiously hard rock, it's gonna be on a oh, bad yeah. start. Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much. All right, we want to say thank you, everybody out there, for joining us for this episode. Our first, we'll get our shout-outs taken care of. Our first one will go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, CollarandElbowBrand.com. Use the promo code 4CORNERSPODCAST. That's the number four. Capital C and Corners, capital P and Podcast. Save 10% off your order. Uh, our other shout-out means we go over to Matt. Uh, that would be to Orlando Cologne. Uh, Orlando Cologne, uh, former <laughs> former participant in the Royal Rumble. In the Royal yeah, Rumble? I think probably a few. I would have to look up and see and, which ones. And I believe he's rumored to be in the running to possibly buy the WWF. Oh, wow. Well, he would he would improve it. Yes. Guys, guys, those sound like segues. I mean, segues. I would honestly, if I was if I was Orlando Cologne, I would just be like, hey, I bought this. El Torito's in charge. <clears throat> All right. Want to? Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna do something we haven't done for a while. We're gonna talk about some WWE stuff. Um, first thing out of the gate is what was not was it last weekend? It was. Uh, it wasn't this last weekend. It was the weekend before. Yeah. So we're a little late to the party on it, but oh, there's some can we, supplementary can we, info that came out. Can we take one little sh- divergent because it happened the week like leading into the Rumble and it's not WWE related? Was that? Can we talk about how Bully Ray is a fucking dumbass and I hate him? And his his John Moxley thing is quite possibly in in a sea of bad takes on Twitter, he might have had the dumbest tweet like I have ever seen a human being tweet in regards to wrestling. And I have seen do, some. Do we want to signal shit. boost that? Do we want to signal boost that moron? 
I mean, everyone's already if, shit on him. Like, even Cornette shit on him for it, so. Yeah. yeah. What were you going to say, Matt? I, was this, uh, who was this again? It's like I got distracted at the very beginning of this. Bully Ray and his John Moxley oh, tweet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought you were, that's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah, it's the dumbest thing. And he got, he got heat, he got heat. <laughs> he got heat Getting he got that heat. heat. He oh, got heat stupid. with everyone for it, because it was a legitimately dumb comment he made. Yeah. Incredibly dumb. Like, if John Moxley, like, punched him in the face next time he saw him, like, it would be totally justified. He made that comment, which was a couple weeks ago. And oh. then they had they had a show. I forget what show it was. It might have been the GCW show that they did at the Hammerstein. Mm-hmm. And there was, I, I made probably during the Moxley match, there was, like, an, a loud, audible, like, F-Bully Ray chant yeah. that went out. That's true. Kind of deserved Oh, absolutely. Do okay. people have good things to say about Bully Ray just ever? Because yeah. from what I've I've seen of him, like he's kind of just a dick, and that's like legit. Seems like he's probably like not not usually, a nice guy. Usually, people that seem to like him are also like dicks themselves. Yeah. So my takeaway is people who have nice things to say about Bully Ray are usually talking about his work as a. Uh, as part of the Dudley boys. Cause I, to be honest, the Dudley boys was a pretty, pretty epic tag team run for a long, long stretch. And I give okay. him, I give him credit in TNA. Like when he did the bully Ray thing, he lost like a fuckload of weight and he really reinvented himself as a wrestler in an act. Like, I mean, yeah. I give him credit. He like Bravo, you did like, you did what, a lot of people couldn't do in wrestling and I'm not even doing that to take away from you. Like, like that, that is quite an accomplishment. Yeah. He did a good job with that. Um, so I mean his, okay. So his in ring on TV stuff is getting credit, but he, uh, you know, his, um, he's everything else. His everything else is not, uh, the tweet was, Something to the effect of John Moxley owes everybody an apology for taking time off, which is just, as we've all said, it's staggeringly dumb for a move that was universally praised. And I also where I also it pisses me off is it is it is exceedingly tone deaf and ridiculous for someone of his generation that probably knows at least double digit people that died before they are 60 due to substance abuse and a mixture of like abusing their body and not taking time off that are dead before 60 and he's gonna say that about a guy like putting his wellness first like how many how many ecw originals are gone because of that i mean new jack outlived a lot of them surprisingly yeah and new jack I have to say, I think what shocked me about New Jack is um, he was not in commission of some sort of felony at the time. I, I made the joke when New Jack died. I don't think I did it on the show, but that when New Jack passed away, they had to do the Klingon death growl. So, like, the afterlife knew so New Jack was coming. Stovacor would be prepared. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Matt. Just to talk about Moxley, when Moxley came back, like, did people actually compared screenshots of Moxley, like, in his return, him doing that promo, or his first match back uh, shortly thereafter, with him right before he left 
uh, to go into rehab and people put those like side by side on the internet like twitter and all that and it's not an exaggeration he looks like 10 years younger he looks fantastic and, and t- he shaved off like eight like years with being gone three months and basically of course getting off the sauce yeah he some of those pictures he was like his when he was drinking he was like very very red in the face mm. not that he looked like unwell per se like but he looked he didn't look when you compare him to like now he looks so much better now he looks younger he's clearly like has lost like weight but not in a bad way he looks way more like healthy and toned he so, looks more like the moxley that we're used to because it seemed like he had it's not even so much weight but it seemed like he had he was losing his presence too like he was losing his charisma and his presence too but like i would honestly say like i didn't know at the time but in hindsight and seeing him since he's come back it's like it was affecting his work for like the last probably since they had that tag title match maybe even a little before but it was affecting his work and like um his presence Mm. and and all that stuff like i think um i think you can kind of see it if you go back with some hindsight but he doesn't the the two pictures side by side obviously he's in great shape but he also looks it's mainly in his face his face just yeah. looks lo- less swollen like his body is not true it's more toned but not terrifically different but his face looks a lot different and it's i don't know it's it that's not for some reason, that's not what I expected. I can't put my finger on why. Booze is like booze and cigarettes will will yeah. screw your like face up really that, bad. Yeah, that's true. There was an old a line from Scrubs um, where the uh, Carl looked at the janitor and says, "What are you like fifty eight? And he goes fifty seven. But that's just because I drink and smoke heavily and sleep on my face. Nice. <laughs> yep. That's the worst, so, though. When you work with, like, a smoker and they try to hide the fact that they smoked, it's like, could you just stop? Like, you don't smell well enough anymore to, like, actually – you just smell like um, like mints and stale cigarettes now. Like, please, it's worse. You, you smell like sm- stuff on top of smoke. You, you don't sm- cover up yeah, the smoke. Yeah, you smell like – like, like you just smelled like smoke a while ago. Now you smell like banaca and smoke, so please, like, just stop. <laughs> But yes, Bully Ray is an idiot. We're all aware. And, you know, uh, you know, uh, Brad. If you smoke too much, you start to sound like Iris. <laughs> this is Iris calling. Or Lucille Ball. Yeah. Oh, Ricky. <laughs> I don't know. I might. I might take it up if I can get a. If I can get a. If I can get a commentating gig like Wade Barrett, if I could like get that. I have some bad news. I'm here to pull the match. Yeah, it's really gravelly. Yeah, he he has that like I like I don't smoke the good cigarettes. Like I smoke like some Newports or like Paul Malls. Yeah, unfiltered Paul Mall cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Back when I smoked, I actually tried some of those before. Oh, uh, they, they weren't they weren't great. They're a little harsh. Paul, Paul a little harsh. That's Paul Malls are like Paul Malls are like the Natty Ice of the cigarette world. You know which ones I found always harsh and I didn't really care for? Just like Marble Reds. Those oh, really, man. Those are pretty rough, in my we, opinion. 
like I did, I, I did a little socially in um in college, mm. and we we someone had a pack of Reds once, and my my friend smoked it, and then he puked in the bushes because yeah. they're harsh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. they they because it's like I mean, like they it that that'll strip like the everything out of your throat yeah i used to smoke for like a few years and then i i've i've stopped pretty much for like a decade coming up on a decade i have smoked uh randomly within that that 10 year period uh sometimes it's like it, it usually it's been like if i'm on vacation mm-hmm. like i might smoke a little like a up to a pack uh, buy a pack you know like you pack and like during the course of the vacation like you smoke some like one a couple a day or something but sure when you go back to it after stopping it's it's really gross <laughs> it's <laughs> and i'm not i'm not hating if you're a smoker now i'm not hating on it. i'm just saying like for me it was like it's it was gross and then you know i would take a cigarette like oh because the thing is it is like psychologically addicting especially mm-hmm. if you're like if you're out uh drinking with friends or something like that you like you step outside or whatever and people are smoking it's you do that like the addiction kind of kicks back in or i'm like oh man kind of wish i was had a cigarette right now but if you do it it's like gross. it's so disgusting to where i'm taking like a couple puffs and i'm like why did i do why why, why am i doing this why am i going back to it i i had a um a teacher uh described to me once he said because he had gotten out of the hospital for like double lung congestion and his wife lit a cigarette and passed it over to him. He said, I took one drag and he said the best, it, it cured him immediately. He said, the best way I can describe it is it tasted like licking someone's sinus drainage out of an ashtray. Uh, oh, see what I kind of like licking an ashtray. What, what always pleasant. reminded me after I did it to never do it again is like, it never bothered me in the process, but waking up the next morning and like your oh, mouth yeah. just feeling like an ashtray. You'd be like, why did I do that? Like I need like yeah. three gallons of water to get this taste out of my mouth. That's yeah. See, wife, I'm... Go ahead, Matt. Uh, my wife, uh, God bless her. She's the one who actually got me to stop smoking, which is you know, good. Um, yeah. I, and the way I, the way it began is like, we weren't, we were just dating. We weren't even you know, engaged or married or something. I, She's Catholic, so I, I was like, "Oh well, I can, I can participate in Lent with you this year. Like, what should I give up?" And like her face lit up, <laughs> and I, I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> whatever she's gonna say, I'm probably not gonna like it." And she said, "You can give up smoking," so I, I did, and then I just have not gone back. You know, you were like, the... you were like that piece of like steak thrown into the lion pit. Yeah, but it's good um obviously for my health but it's also good because i i've dated in the past i've dated uh, smokers yeah. and that's just a bad scene like if you're both smokers like it just turns bad i mean it, we yeah. i this girl I, I would go out with this girl and we go out you know like drinking or something like that and we wind up probably smoking like a pack like oh. each over oh. the course of the oh, evening oh, oh. which but, is way more than i usually would smoke and the next day i'd wake it i'm like oh why do my lungs hurt? It's like, oh, that's right. It, I was it gets in, poisoning myself it gets all night long. Everything. Like I used to work in a mailroom mm-hmm. and it's awful. Like people would send in stuff for claims and you could feel like if they're a heavy smoker, you could feel it in the paper. Oh yeah. 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 That's that's why if you buy something like a a toy or something else like on uh in eBay, they always put like a little disclaimer, like a non smoking home. 
I had that happen when I bought my master system. I didn't, they didn't put that in there and it was from a smoker's house and I had, it took me weeks, weeks. You could feel it on the plastic. Like, so I Lysol that down. I put it in the basement so I couldn't smell it, like to let it air out. I'd Lysol it down again, let it sit. Like I finally got it to where it doesn't stink anymore, but Mm -hmm. like you can feel it. Like you can literally feel it on stuff. Mm. The, um, I will like once every other month or so will have a cigar. And one of my rules for myself is it's like, if I have this, then I'm not going to be around my kids after I have. Cause I, you know, the, it just, it gets into my beard and it settles there. And it's like, okay. You know, after I do that, I feel like I got to take a shower and I got to scrub this out of my beard and all that. And, you know, brush my teeth and mouthwash and all that. So it's it's a nice, relaxing experience while I'm doing it. But then after it's over, I'm just like, all right, now I got to clean up. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. My um, my puppy has decided trying to pull the hairs out of my beard is oh. awesome. Oh. So she goes like she'll bite at my face. <laughs> That's really fun. Oh, God. The, the worst but... is like the worst is getting like food stuck like if you like eat spaghetti or something, and it's just all in your, like your facial hair, and you're like, why do I, why do I do this to myself? Yeah. And it's like, oh, because I hate shaving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I am convinced that if I were to shave, I would get carded for everything now. You know, I'm, I'm knock knock knocking on forty, and if if I shave my beard off, then it, I'm sure there are people who'll be like, did someone give you a ride here? Like, <laughs> like, oh god. I don't like shaving. I I, sh- I I I've had two rounds of the beard. I've had this one for about three years now. But the last time I did it, like two weeks after, I'm like, why did I do that? I don't. The shaving stuff's for the birds. Yeah. The process of growing it back out is what really annoys me because yeah, you go through that itch stage. I don't. I don't have a great beard. Like the beard I have now is in pretty good shape, but it literally took me two years to get it to grow in right. That's how long yeah. it took. Mine grows in pretty pretty quickly, but it it itches like fire so uh, see mine mine i can't get too long because it instantly goes like lopsided and ratty so i just mm, have to uh, keep it a certain length i just end up looking more and more like a mountain man so i don't like lesnar with the beard though <laughs> he's too gingery that's why oh yeah <laughs> do you have so, to uh, do you have to like oil it oh, i don't do any of that fancy crap i oh, okay. I, sh- I should but i haven't for a while i grew a beard and shaded like early in the pandemic uh i had to like i had to basically use like a beard oil or something like an almond oil something to moisturize otherwise uh, it would get itchy like like yours shad and i mm-hmm. eventually i was just like it, it grew to the point where i was gonna have to start trimming it and i shaved it off i'm like you know what? I, I don't have time for that <laughs> See, not, once too lazy to keep keep like uh, grooming this like every week or so once mine gets long enough it doesn't itch anymore it's just the growing in period has an itch stage to yeah. it. Yeah, and but uh, I have like I have a lot of white in mine, so it actually makes me look older. Cause I have a I have an autoimmune disorder that my my um my immune system attacks my hair sometimes and it grows back white. Mm-hmm. And it, it prefers my beard, so I have a lot of white in my beard where um, the hair follicles have been attacked by immune system and they, it loses the the color. Gotcha. 
So this has been the Four Corners grooming section of the podcast. <laughs> yes, and the anti-smoking PSA and the, yeah. um, the I guess, Bully Ray's dumbass <laughs> section. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, yeah, we're being we're being super, uh, super contemporary, but there's a reason for it. You know, the, the yeah. Royal Rumble happened. Sometimes something and, is so incompetent, you need to continue talking about it weeks afterwards. Well, and part of it is that it was so uh, we we had the rumble and then more and more news came out after the fact. Yeah, this and, had, and it's, this had it's almost... just now to the point that we feel comfortable enough to be like, OK, now I think we can break it down because this was. About a week wow, of like, in. there's like a like a dovetail of about a week coming out of that of bad stuff. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is, and we are we're not even talking about the entire Royal Rumble event. We're really just talking about the men's Rumble. The women, the women's Rumble was its own mess, but that was basically just because it's like, oh, we fired so many people, we can't fill this roster up on our own. <laughs> and we're not going to use NXT. Yeah, so they just went and and pulled. Yeah, they that's the thing. Like they had women in NXT. Like they could have they could have staffed that. Yeah. But then you have you know you have to have Michelle McCool go in there and you know throw everyone out or not everyone. I'm exaggerating, but you know I mean, they have to make her look strong. Meanwhile, like Io Shirai is probably like the best women in women on their entire roster, and she doesn't get in. Yeah. Yeah. And- like they um there were some pulls like that they had come back. I didn't even remember when they were like in the company. Such as? I don't even remember her name. There was someone I'm like, who the hell is that? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, they Alicia Fox showed up. She was there right, for yeah. about thirty seconds. And I also thought it was dumb that they had probably Mal- thinking of like Summer Ray. Summer we, Ray we've was talked there for about, about we, thirty seconds. We talked about on Tim's live stream that um the only yeah. reason I know who she is is there was like a mobile card game and her her card was like common as dirt. Yeah. Yeah. But um I also didn't like that they had like Molly Holly come out as Mighty Molly, which was something like that was like a very niche like part of her career. It was a very short part of her career. Yeah. But that yeah and but it was uh, like at least that one i kind of get because it was to to set up the thing with you have a you you make nikki cross change her gimmick so she does this superhero thing to try and be inspiring and then you turn her heel i, I am i am perplexed by that and i have to also mention with the women's rumble Shayna baszler's outfit was like a super deep cup Super deep cut of Warhammer 40k, which was awesome. Yeah, she that was, like, was a surprise. She yeah. was like a super niche chapter of of Space Marine. Which which chapter was she? I don't remember now. I remember she posted it and was like talking about how much she loved it, and I'm like, that is awesome. Like that was, I thought that was cool. Yeah, oh, that's fair. It, it's nice to see those references pop up. It, but it was, they're white and red, but I don't remember what that is. Like they're they're fairly like they're not like one of the main line. Right. Well, I'm not gonna go hunting for it right now, but yeah. The the women's rumble was its own mess. All right, fair enough. Then we had they the men's rumble. Well, let's let's um. So leading into this. Brock lost the title to Bobby Lashley in a very terrible match. With, it was shenanigans. Yeah. 
And it surprised no one, but this also, like, anyone that has half a brain immediately knew what this meant for the Rumble. Supposedly, there were a bunch of changes leading up to it, and they thought that this would be a surprise. You mean the people would see that and then not realize that he was going to turn around and win the Rumble? Yep. Now, okay, everyone I've seen talk about this has said, I knew the second lesnar lost the title he was going to win the rumble and i said yeah. the second he lost i was like he's going to win the rumble mm-hmm. and the reason the reason why is because the wwe has become so fucking predictable over the last several years that they have not only done something like that before but several times so yeah as soon as like he was he, he lost you, you knew that that's what was going to happen yeah i think yeah, in like the last if you took it from the last 10 years i bet I bet someone in his position is more likely to win it than someone outside of that situation. Like, mm-hmm. I bet it's, I bet they repeat that so often. Like, your chances of winning the Royal Rumble are better if you lose a title on the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Probably. At this yeah. point, probably is. Um, it was, and it, it's frustrating because they say that they're, um, they say, you know, we wanted to do all this sort of stuff and make it, make it different and make it you know like vince was changing things all week and 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 they also fucked it up because they didn't gimmick the times between intervals so they got to the final four and had to rush through the key part of the rumble because they ran out of time everything like people were given like four or five the reports that i've read people were given like four or five different setups for the rumble that kept getting changed and so by the time you finally got there it and it looked that nobody nobody gave a shit um and so you have and okay here's part of the the biggest sin of this royal rumble was not that it was predictable there have been other royal rumbles that have been predictable uh, we even praised AEW for being predictable at one point. It, that The predictable is not the biggest sin of this. Predictable predictable is so, – so this is my take on predictable booking. Predictable booking isn't bad when you're getting what you want. Like if there's a big pay-per-view and the guy you want to see wins the title, see when the title is going to win the title there, that's why WrestleMania used to work until Triple H screwed that up. Because people it, like predictable when, like, the guy you've built up finally gets his moment if it's a pre- at a predictable time. People yeah, are people down. are excited for seeing the final payoff. You know, the the thing you've been building to, you get the payoff you wanted. Cool. You know, that's that's fun. That's nice. That's exciting. You like that. But it wasn't the predictability here. It was the fact that this rumble was boring. It was horribly boring. I actually it, think the cardinal sin of this this Royal Rumble is that it was booked and produced by someone that was actively participating in it. And you can see the hindrance that, that was because they were obviously more concerned with like their shit than anything else in the Rumble. Because the only thing that had any attention to detail was their stuff. Yeah. Before we get into that, though, I part of the... I will say that part of the reason why this was predictable, it's not just like, oh, you knew that Lesnar was going to come in there and win. It's because 
and we can kind of discuss this a little bit later, but there's literally maybe like a handful of guys and not even really handful. I would say it's probably maybe like four guys. I wouldn't even say that four. They, yeah, that's probably true. Cause but, it would be Lesnar, Le- Drew McIntyre and, um, well, uh, really like the, the only people that they actually, there's, I was thinking about this. There's really only about three people that actually get booked for the men. We'll, we'll just limit it to the men now. There's only three that they actually push and mm-hmm. seem to care about and protect. Uh, Roman, who wasn't in the match. Yeah. Brock, who was, of course, added. And Bobby Lashley, who wasn't in the match because he just won the title. Yeah. So those are the only three guys that re- in the men's division that actually get like pushed to the point where they don't lose. Or if they do lose, it's not cleanly. And if they do lose, it's to one of the other two. Yeah. So it's they. That's that's your universe that you're dealing with. So uh, this, there's a second tier, I would guess. After that, in which case it's probably like Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. And I was thinking about it, like I, honestly, the way that they kind of book him is like a big deal. Stupid Goldberg is probably in the second tier because yeah, Goldberg's that, like and, the most protected WWE guy of like yeah. the last decade. Which, in some respects, it's like I understand protecting him because you know he's older. He's not going to be doing a lot of stuff. You want to make him like be important when he shows up. But my point is like there's if you want to include the second tier, there's really like six guys total that they really give a shit about. And I would even say like really only three because the Goldberg, uh, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, like they do care about them and they kind of keep them protected, but. They, not as much. See, the, the thing with they Rollins would, they is... Would be They'd be trumped if someone from the top three is in that. In this case, it was. So you had a tire rumble where half the guys that they really care about aren't in it. And the ones that they were, uh, you knew that they weren't going to actually do it. But the point is, like, okay, th- it's like there's three guys in the rumble out of 30. Like a tenth of the rumble. Yeah. You know, like, they they are the only ones who realistically have a chance of winning. So why the fuck would you care about the rest of everyone else? You know yeah, that they're not going to do it. Drew and Lesnar didn't show up until the very end. Yeah, yeah and... By um, the way, Drew should have been in that top tier. He beat Lesnar, uh, not last year, but year before, at Mania in five minutes. Mm-hmm. How? I, I, I don't understand... How you screw that up in in the way that you book, but they don't. Well, well, it doesn't matter now because Lesnar eliminated him from this rumble, so he completely undid that. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, like those three guys you mentioned being S tier, A tier would probably include Randy Orton when they put him there. Yeah, but I would say I would say it's weird with Rollins because they do protect him but they always they always find like weird ways to expose his incompetence as like a worker like they don't protect him in the worker sense and sometimes i think that's because he's an arrogant idiot who doesn't know like um we were just talking about this with justin on our discord um about how he doesn't change like he wrestles like a face no matter what he does and we were talking about how larry zabisco changed his style like, uh, and I said, I wish Seth Rollins had to watch that feud like forever because he needs to learn how to like wrestle differently as a, as a heel than a, as a face. Yeah. Rollins moveset is set in stone and he doesn't change it for anything. Yeah. And they had guys in here that they really shouldn't. The, the guys that you knew 
had no chance, and they were just filler. Like Madcap like, Moss. Madcap Moss, Rick Boogs. Who is, like Rick Boogs? Is, the, the the beauty, the beauty of what the Rumble used to be is that it really could have been anybody. Now, realistically, like you weren't. You knew that back in the day, it was like a really, really old school Rumble. You know, like they weren't going to give it to like Dino Bravo. No, but, but you, you know, that, that wasn't going to happen. But. You got cool stuff though, like Axe and Smash getting like number one and two, and then just looking at yeah. each other like, okay, and then just proceeding to beat the living shit yeah. out of each other because why not? <laughs> yeah, and even using my example, uh, Dino Bravo, you knew he wasn't going to win, but you might get like, you might randomly get Dino Bravo like in the last four. Like, or he's teaming with the with the other villain to, to face off against the, the faces. You would get stuff like that. Or you'd get, even, like, you'd get uh, things, like, years after the feud's over, like, Tito Santana would come in, and he would always go straight for Rick Martel. Even, yeah. like, three years after that feud was over. Mm-hmm. See, there's, um, there were many storylines built into a lot of the older Rumbles. And I think that was Pat Patterson's doing. Like a lot of the many many storylines you saw on the road, because you had the Iron Man, the Iron Man slot, the guy who's in there for so long, and then you had the the monster spot who eliminated the most people that year, or had to and, have like twelve people, yeah, knock them. And out. so you have all of that, but and I you had like a bunch of people knock somebody out in this one, but you didn't really have the story about the other stuff in this one. And you had, if, um, you had Johnny Knoxville and bad bunny eliminated more people than like two thirds of like the, the regulars that were in the room. Yeah. 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 And what's the, the, the thing I, I pin the boringness on mm-hmm. more than anything else. Like, okay. I, I'm going to pose this question for the answer just to make the point, but you watch go back. I don't know. Let's go back to uh, I'll even you know let's say you know 2005 or earlier, and I'm just plucking that number out of the air just as a cutoff. Royal Rumble, countdown, five, four, three, two, one, buzzer, music hits, guy comes out, goes to the ring. What happens? Uh, he picks someone, does a couple of his spots, um, and then usually fades into the background yeah he comes out he gets his shine by getting his shit in that's exciting that's cool you get to see him do stuff and then he kind of joins the mass as the next person's coming you know what happened in this rumble five four three two one music hit sky comes out runs to the ring slides in looks around there's nobody there to feed for him and so he just kind of goes and starts punching somebody that's that that happened over and over and over again. How does that happen though? Like who's not like how have they done this many and guys like they're into like you know probably almost 40 of these and guys don't know they're supposed to feed when the buzzer goes off? Well, it's not so much that they don't know they're supposed to, but the way I suspect that the match was agented in the past was somebody was somebody was told, "Hey, when this guy's music hits, you go feed for him because you'll make him look it, – it'll either make – it'll make him look – the way you sell will make him look good or you guys have a feud thing going on already or something like that. 
and nobody bothered doing that this time. That reminds and me it, of Cody has an absolutely charming story about his first rumble. Um, oh, with Taker? Yeah, because he's like take because he like he he hits Taker as hard as he can. He turns, he grabs him by the neck. He's like, well, I'm going down, and Taker's like, kick me in the knee. Yeah. And he's like, drop kick me, and he's just like, he's like. He's like I'm. I don't even know what to do because I'm so giddy that I get to drop kick the Undertaker. Yeah, he Taker was feeding for him, right? Yeah. And it's it's not like it's not hard to go. Here goes the buzzer. Someone should go feed for him. But it's who that's out there should go feed for him. That's so, that's something that's supposed to be hand. And it's not a lot to remember. If like the, if you guys are in the ring and my music hits and someone had gone to to Matt and said, all right, Matt, whenever Chad's music hits, you get loose and feed into him when he comes out there because, you know, he'll come out and do like, you know, big kick and big choke slam or something like that. You you don't have to remember everything. It's just whenever you hear that guy's music, you go feed for him. Yeah. But since the rumble got changed so many times, if anybody had laid all of that out, it was all washed away. And so you just have this rumble where someone's music hits. Here he comes. The crowd goes mild and he slides in the ring. He's like, ah, I guess I'll go punch this guy. And, it, and that, it, it, um, I think the boring wasn't helped by no good surprises at all. Zero. No, I don't know. I don't think so. Everything, everything seemed very predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I did enjoy Sami Zayn like kicking Johnny Knoxville in the face like as hard as he could. That that made me <laughs> laugh. I don't particularly care for Sami Zayn, but Sami Zayn has been running. I mean, I guess you take whatever crumbs you can get, but he he's been he's been making the most of his little feud with Johnny Knoxville because they had him. Okay, this past weekend was the premiere. Uh, the mm-hmm. opening of, of Jackass Forever. And I guess Sami Zayn was like, he did a whole bit where at, he went to the premiere and got kicked off the red carpet. And he was doing a whole thing on Twitter. And they've mm-hmm. had like, they they've continued their little feud on social media, um, which is smart because, I mean, it, it uh, it's probably not bringing people in to see Jackass Forever. But, you know, it gets your name out there. So I do appreciate what he was doing. I didn't realize like there was a Jackass movie coming up when I saw it was Johnny Knoxville. I'm like, what is this? Like 2010? Yeah. yeah. Like it just, I, I don't know. Like, and like bad bunny coming out. It's just like, what the fuck ever? Like, I mean, like I know, I know people liked his stuff last year, but, but yeah. the other thing with that is you did that, but you had Damien Priest out of the, out of the rumble already. So what was the yeah. point? Yeah. Well, I, I, I will say this, like I, however you feel about bad bunny, like he actually, uh, I mean, he actually moved merch, and he oh, got he, he got people to watch the last WrestleMania, and there people do seem invested in him. And he, to his credit, like the guy is like a wrestling fan. And when I'm not saying he's great, but he actually goes out there and tries hard, and he obviously cares about what he's doing. So he he puts a little extra effort in there. He's not just there, like oh, I'm gonna collect my uh, my pay per view paycheck and 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 piss off like right. he actually he actually like seems to respect it and, and does his best they did that match with him and damian priest it was so well received people loved it to the point where people were talking about how this was like their favorite match of wrestlemania either in total or of that particular night 
And then they proceeded to do Jack with yeah. Damien Priest after that. And they didn't even like they could have had them like in the rumble together, like do the whole he's doing things. They um, you know they they kind of go they kind of like back into each other. They turn around like they're gonna hit each other, and then they like hug each other, and then they just start beating up on some heel. Like that would have been great. I'm looking at this the the, the sheet for the the rumble. Mm-hmm. You had Chad Gable eliminated by Rick Boogs. Okay. And it's like, why? You could have had Damian Priest and Bad Bunny like eliminate Chad Gable. You could have had them eliminate Otis. I understand like there's like a feud between Alpha Academy and uh, Riddle and Randy Orton. There's guys on here you could have had that Bad Bunny and Damian Priest together uh, eliminate Rick Boogs, Madcap Moss, uh, Ridge Holland. You could have had you could have had Damian Priest go to town on them and made him a star or bigger star or try to re- rehabilitate him. He mm-hmm. was in there for 11 minutes and got eliminated by almost, he had zero eliminations, zero. Yeah. Can, can we the talk- worst, that is shameful. hang on. The worst thing about the, about Rick Boogs eliminating Chad Gable, mm-hmm. we got to see another Kevin Dunn screw up. We're they're out there. They're doing their thing. Wait, 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 Chad, Chad, you're telling me, you're telling me, you're telling me Kevin Dunn screwed something up during the Royal Rumble. I I don't, I don't believe you. That is, you don't, that is impossible. No, it's phenomenal is what it is. No, the problem is, the problem is you're going to tell me this and then you're going to tell me that Britt Baker is some sort of dentist next. (laughs) I didn't know that. Did you know that? No, I did Um, not. So I didn't know who Rick Boogs was. He comes out there and they hit the thing. I'm like, Rick Boogs. And, and so I've, I'm going to look it up. And yeah, I was honestly, I was bored that night. And I'm like, oh yeah, the rumble's on. I guess I'll Boogs comes out there and he's doing strong guy stuff. And he's got Chad Gable and he presses him, right? He military pressed him. And he's walking around the ring, military pressing him. And I'm like, Okay, you know what? This, that's actually a pretty cool rumble spot. There's a lot of places you can go with it. Then he brings Gable down and then one-handed presses him. That's really cool. Then they cut to a crowd reaction of one guy looking at his phone and one guy looking at the ring. And you go back and Boogs has one-handed pressed Gable out of the ring and they missed the shot entirely. They cut while Rick Boogs is one-handed pressing and walking towards the ropes to go look at two bored fans because I don't know and missed it entirely. And yes, Britt Baker is also a dentist. I so, I think I'd get sick from um I think I'd get sick from that spot though because if if Kevin Dunn's like producing that you know the camera's like shaking up and down like a wave as he's press slamming him just to make just, sure everyone it's just gets. cutting cutting to different angles repeatedly i think like, um i think um i think the blair witch project had better cinematography than wwe does this these days <laughs> if we had someone in wwe just once go to the corner and pull the camera over and just go i'm so scared like it would the joke would go nowhere and it would go over people's heads but i would laugh my balls off you know um i made a joke during that movie when my friends and i saw it the first time with blair witch that the one friend was going to freak out because he wanted a cigarette and they said they didn't have any cigarettes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, he's going to totally kill them because they actually have cigarettes they're holding out on him. And like five minutes later, it shows him smoking and everyone started cracking up because uh, 
I was, they were obviously holding out on him. It, right. The, so, go ahead, Matt. Go I, ahead. The, just about Rick Booze, one last thing. The worst thing is, like, they, besides the stupid camera, they, they, they had him cut his hair, so now he's just, like, another dude. It's like when they had Test cut his hair. Yeah. That ruined Test's look. On a, two things ruined Test, cutting his hair and bulking up as much as he did. Yeah. Test had a nice, um... Test actually had a pretty good, a tall kind of lean look. Was a it was a good look for him. And then, ah no, we got to ruin that. Can't be having that. Mm-hmm. You got blowed up with some steroids, buddy. I did like though my favorite elimination though because there's backstory to Matt Riddle being a, a fucking little douche and Brock telling him they were never going to work together and. Brock treating him like the gnat that he is. I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed at it. Like Brock just like totally just destroyed him and was like, nope. Yeah, he Brock had him on his shoulder. Like Riddle went to do the jump. Brock didn't even lean down to catch him. Brock just kind of grabbed him and then just chucked him. It was I I I I almost peed myself from laughing so hard at that. Yeah. It was it was really something like it was unprofessional on Brock's part, I thought. But I also thought that Matt Riddle deserved it. So yeah, it, it was unprofessional. But given everything leading up to it, I. Oh, Matt Riddle deserved it. Like, I think Brock I, was unprofessional. But if I was Brock, I would have done the same thing. Like, yeah, I, I but I I was like, oh, that's awesome. I, I like Brock. I, I pissed you one. But like, I love you for doing that. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, it was it was a hell of a thing. And then um, should... okay. Shane McMahon was a surprise entrance, <laughs> and and I I wish he would stop because he looks like he's gonna have a fucking heart attack every time he gets in the ring now. Like he just turns like the brightest shade of red, and he is like sweating like a pig. And I don't know why he keeps doing that. He looks so miserable whenever he's in the ring. So uh, go guys, ahead. Sorry to cut you off, Shad. Did you guys hear like the really to me hilarious story? Uh, about his entry no uh he came in at number 28 yeah and i guess uh this kind of shows you how even though he was the agent and kind of got disorganized he was supposed to come in at uh, number 29 and it was supposed to be randy orton at number 28 but shane's shane mcmahon's music played at 28 it was an accident yeah like an air and ran <laughs> Randy Orton, I don't, I mean, I kind of don't like Randy Orton, but Randy Orton hasn't, and eventually has grown on me because he, he pulls shit like this, which I think is hilarious sometimes. He just looks, apparently he looked at Shane McMahon and is like, I'm not going out to fucking here comes your money. You better get your ass out there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so they had to reverse the numbers, but to me, that's really funny. Yeah. Orton is one of those people that comes up with a line that I have to appreciate no matter how much I don't like him myself. Mm-hmm. So a line like it's like, yeah, well, I guess you're going because I'm sure as hell not. Um, I, I don't blame him. You know, someone else's music hits like I'm not walking out there to somebody else's music. And that's not happening. Um, but we have, you know, we have the rumble go on up to this point. It would have been super easy also with some of the people that, you know, with Knoxville and Bad Bunny. If they came out there and did stuff but didn't get any eliminations, a lot of these complaints would just kind of evaporate. Because they come out there and they do some stuff, so you know they're actually trying. 
but you don't give them eliminations over your regular roster people. And Shane pissing off, uh, Shane eliminating Kevin Owens really fucking pissed me off after their that feud. pissed me off. There was yeah. no point in that. None. There's okay. Shane McMahon comes out there and it, what it seems to me and what I've heard other people say is that he's, he's going out there and he's wound up, you know, eventually if you wrestle long enough, you're, you're relaxed in the ring and it's, you know, cause if you're all tight and wound up, you're going, you're going to blow yourself up. You know, you don't want to run the ropes with yourself all tight and wound up. Cause that means that the, the ropes are going to snap the air out of your lungs. You know, you've got to be relaxed. Shane looks like he goes out there all wound up. And then as I've heard so many people say before, he throws his punches that look like crap, but are stiff as shit and just peppers people with them and does a bunch of stuff. And now he's blown up and doesn't have the air to do anything. It's like, wow, that's, that's, awful and you said and you you had said you know shane was the one that was producing this match i'm of the opinion that if you are going to have producers for stuff like this the producer should never be someone who is in it no it it should always be someone who can have the outside view even if there's like i there's stuff i want to have this happen you can you know, you're it's it's not you on the line, so you can because you should not you should not be doing a big picture thing when you're also worried about getting your shit in because this yeah. this is what happens. Like there's a there's a severe lack of attention to details because he was more concerned about getting his shit in. Now, like I said though, Vince, the reports are that Vince was changing a bunch of stuff leading up to it, so. I don't know. Maybe it was just everything was there was one report and I wish I could tell you where it was from. I don't remember. There was it might have been fightful. There was a deluge of information after after there was. But there were so so many people, so many of the wrestlers just frankly did not care because they got so many. They got so much conflicting and changing information leading up to it that they were just kind of like, let's just get through it and be done. Which, of course, that means after you get done with it and it sucks, everybody feels awful. So, you know, fantastic. You know, maybe maybe Shane had done a an all right job and then things got changed up so much that there there's so many patches slapped on it that it's, you know, it's 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 more patch than it is entirety. It feels like um, from the, the all the reporting we got, it feels like a lot of wrestlers uh, were axe grinding via um, wrestling journalists after this. I yeah. think that's why there was so much like there was so there much stuff. A lot. Yeah. So much for any other rumble, even bad ones like there. It felt like there was a lot of venting. But I would say, I mean, I don't know if it's the worst rumble all time, but it's a it's a it's a. It's bottom three at best. It's, it's bad. It's it really is bad. bad. And it's it's not just that it's bad. It's it's there's just not anything interesting in it. So it's boring and bad. Yeah, that's that's the worst part. Is that's that's probably it. Really is probably the bad the worst part because you could, if you have, let's say you have a bad rumble, but you had one memorable thing like a memorable 
like a debut. Like, let's say this was like a god awful, uh, really god awful. Well, now now they've like screwed around with NXT and everything like that, and everything's so badly. But uh, think about like a few years back. Like, let's say like a few years back, it was like a shitty Rumble, but then you had like AJ Styles debuting with the company. Then you'd be you would remember that you would forget the bad stuff. You would just be like, that was a great Rumble. Because AJ, and it's like maybe it wasn't a great Rumble, but you know you had a really cool, memorable event. This had none of it. The worst yeah. sin is that it, it was boring. Yeah, and also um, they didn't cover. Kofi went for a different kind of spot, and they did not cover when it didn't work. So that means that anything. Co- apparently, there was stuff that was supposed to be Kofi and Biggie doing things together didn't happen. <clears throat> So, Boy, you know, that's just the whole of the story, isn't it? How Biggie's just another guy. Yep. Oh, that, that, I, that title win did. I actually think that title win might have done negative good for him. Like not zero good, but like actually hampered him. They they in a panic. They gave him uh, they gave him a cash in win. He had the title forever, how long he had it. And then it's like they, it, I don't want to hyperbolize it, but it's almost like they were offended at him being popular at this. And so that's why when he won it, I wasn't excited. Yeah, I, I just God, I, I really, you know, I really wanted Biggie winning should have been a big deal. And there were a lot of people that were really excited by it and looking forward to what could happen with it and that sort of stuff. And then they just, they just didn't, they just let him, they Ray Mysterioed him. They really did. did. This should have been the beginning of him being entrenched as a main event level star and could have, you could have done so much with him and they, they did what they do where they just they with they clearly don't see you as a guy they just won't invest it's over in like mm-hmm. just that quickly it's yep. embarrassing yeah it, there there have been some people that tried to say you know it's like well no they don't sabotage people it's like no 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 let's be honest for a second they sabotaged Rey Mysterio's uh heavyweight title reign they made him look like crap repeatedly uh, biggie wasn't made to look quite so bad but they did not do him any favors the problem with biggie is most of the shows he wrestled in the exact same spot he would have wrestled in had he not had the title okay yeah i see where you're coming because the thing he, is he, like you win the title in this big moment and then you're opening the next pay-per-view in a six-man like okay that doesn't really elevate you in a company where you have more than one world champion, then I'm not actually, you know, having one open is not necessarily a bad thing because your second best match needs to be your opener. So people are excited for the rest of the show, but not to be in a six man, you know, you, you want your champ to have people excited. You want, you want this to be a a big deal. And, you know, they just, like I said, they just didn't. So, um, 
you know, we had all that. We had the predictable ending that they thought wouldn't be predictable. We had Shane agenting it, even though he was in it, which I regard as a cardinal sin. Yep. And then, so we pretty much it gets um, scathing reviews. And then Wednesday rolls around. Oh, there's a great tie-in for this. Um, Jade Cargill did an interview mm. And she oh, said, yeah, you know, I wanted to talk about this. Yeah, so. when when uh, WWE had interest with her and I can't remember who it was that that got her the tryout. Um, you know, it was it was a notable name that, that got her a tryout. Jade Cargill is is independently wealthy, right? Like she's I can't remember who her husband is, but her husband, oh, her was, husband is um, Brandon Phillips from the Reds. Right. He was a very successful like um, baseball player. Year baseball career. Yeah. Um, very successful. She had like fitness modeling contracts and that sort of stuff. Like she she was successful enough on her own and wanted to get into wrestling because she enjoyed yeah, it. And she it, went and she had her tryout. Yeah. If she if she wasn't married to Brandon Phillips, like based on what I know of her career outside of wrestling, she's a multimillionaire. So just to yeah. put that out there, like she does not need money. And if she needed money. She can get money. Yeah, she she is honestly she is wrestling because she just wants to, which you know what? Kudos to her that that's I'm I'm actually kind of happy to hear stuff like that. But so she goes and she does this tryout and they send they're apparently like pissed that she's not desperate, that she is, um, you know, them making this offer to her is not like a be all end all for because they don't have leverage and they send her the contract and she's like, well, listen, you know, I have a young child, you know, you want me to pick up my whole life and move for this offering me less money than I'm making now. You want me to cancel my contract, the preexisting contracts I have, you know, I'm worried how this will affect my family. And the response she was given is we're your family now. Yeah. I think she what? was saying too that she was making more than like established female stars in WWE yeah. too. That that was the offer she got. First of all, first thought that comes to my mind is what kind of cult ass behavior are we looking at here? Well, we have we have a topic sure after this for you too. Yeah, that sure as shit sounds like a like a cult indoctrination to me. And then um and so she, you know, she turns him down. If and they said to her, "We're your family now." They're not all, you know. It's it's worse than Olive Garden. It's not when you're here, your family. It's you know when you're you're here, your family, and we know that's true because they'll fire you the same way they did Shane. Yeah, but if you're Olive Garden, at least you get a free Virgil with purchase. Yeah, they they they'll treat you like family. They'll fire you the same way they fired the you know fired the boss's son. Yeah, and they they did not waste time on that either. That happened no. fast. So um, where where do we all fall on if if the reports are true or if he got like scapegoated? Like, are we? Because I'm kind of in the. I'm kind of in the. I don't think this was like the typical smear job, and that he did piss a lot of people off. But I also think like it wasn't all his fault. Like I think, um, but I don't. I don't know. I'm I'm still kind of conflicted on it. I think it's a little of both. 
I think he is kind of being scapegoated because it was a boring rumble and people didn't really like it. And that was beyond just like, you know, they didn't like his interaction at the very end there. Uh, and I know that's it's it is kind of his fault as the agent, but also it's it's kind of not because it's predictable. Like you knew who's going to win. Nothing exciting happened. Uh, Shane, if that's how it was booked, then that's how it was booked. Like Shane could have made errors in his being the agent for that match. But I mean, there's only probably so much he could do. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think he's getting a little bit scapegoated, but at the same time, like he was responsible for it. And he did seem to really only give a shit about getting his shit in. And apparently it's too much. Like they, and afterwards, like I guess the rumor afterwards that he, they were planning like for him to be in the elimination chamber match. He was allegedly one of the things that was discussed was him, uh, feuding with Bobby Lashley and having a mania match. Crazy I, heard, shit. I heard Seth Rollins for a mania <clears throat> match too. I've heard both. Yeah, I could, I could. Either one, either one unacceptable. No, because you know, because here's my problem. Okay, Shane McMahon for Bobby Lashley. Do you know how long that match should last if there was any realism in wrestling? <laughs> Two point three seconds. No, no, I'm sorry. How long does the pinfall take? So let's say four uh, Nash, seconds. Nash beat Backlund in five. Okay, so th- that match should literally be Bobby Lashley picks him up, slams him on his head, and pins him, and Shane has to leave on a stretcher if there was any realism in professional wrestling. Like, if you even if you're even humoring, like Bobby Lashley selling for Shane McMahon, like, are you guys off your rockers? That was my problem with Shane having a hell in a cell with the undertakers. I'm just like, look, you can push my suspension of disbelief only so far. And we are beyond it at this point. Like I, I am, I am not sports entertained. I am, I am now bored. But it's such good shit. No, God, shit, it's like no Vince no. you got something in your throat man I just like Bobby Lashley of all people like he should not have to sell for non-wrestlers no uh, and you know what I don't think he even would no because he, he's probably like what are you going to do fire me you ain't going to do that because you don't want to hand a loaded gun to anybody else yeah so they're, they're... I'm I'm in the I'm sorry let me okay, give my right. my two cents on the thing but I'm in the position that he is probably catching scapegoatism to an extent mm-hmm. but it, it not entirely because we heard even even going in I th- I'm pretty sure that I was seeing reports of of people on the roster being frustrated because stuff kept changing so much. If that's the case, and stuff was already changing, then the whole the whole mess was doomed from the get go. It, it was not gonna be good because, well, you keep messing with it, keep messing with it, keep changing things, keep changing. Yeah, that's you. You we're not gonna be in a good place. And then, you know, it ends up boring. And yeah, Shane was in charge of it. Okay, fair cop. But on the other hand. When when Vince comes in and says we're changing this, what are you gonna do? We, we, he it it's gonna get changed. What do you do at that point? 
I think though that if they're, I mean, I think it gets changed a lot every year. Like if he, if he really sucked at communicating with the wrestlers, that could be why it felt so much worse. I think that it just getting changed so often. Well, I'm saying other is... years though that probably happens, but if you have a more diplomatic person in charge, like you can smooth that over and they'll be annoyed, but it's not like a huge deal. But if he, like if he was just a crappy communicator with them during the process, he might have made it worse. Maybe. But okay, number one, just to put this out there, but why was Shane in charge of agenting the Rumble? Well, supposedly uh, he's helped with numerous rumbles. Okay. Then if he has the credit of doing it before, then okay, fair enough. I, I guess. think this was like his first year in charge though. Okay. Uh, but this was, you know, you you combine a, a super bad reaction with a very unhappy locker room bowel reports and even even if you know Vince had changed a bunch of stuff out from under him you know your name is still your name is still on it in internally so you know they're if they're going to roll ahead then who's it going to be you know it actually, I, it just occurred to me, you know when the Rumbles started getting crappy? Mm-hmm. When Jericho was out of the company and he wasn't going out in the first five to shepherd the whole thing. Hmm. That's interesting. Because they always talk about how he was always early in the Rumbles because Vince trusted him to, like, direct out there. That is an interesting thought. Because I think that's the other thing with this rumble is you can the, the budget cuts are really felt, but I mean other than AJ, there is not a guy in that first twenty that that can like shepherd a flock. No, not really. And AJ can only do so much when you're dealt the hand you're dealt with this particular rumble. Yeah. You know he's he's doing everything. Let me, I'm I'm gonna pull the list real quick, but you know he. The first two guys eliminated were were Robert Roode and Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm sorry, what? I didn't know Robert Roode was still... I can't believe Robert Roode survived, like, five rounds of cuts. I don't know, man. Uh, and then Omos had, uh, had a spot in this, and he... Here's who Omos went out there. He eliminated uh, Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford, and Damian Priest. Uh, it's I, like I, uh, I, that made I me really tired to hear he just that they had him eliminate priest. Yeah, I, I don't care that he eliminated the other ones uh, because I, I don't I'm not I don't really care for the street profits. Tag like tag tag geysers or rubble fodder anyway. Yeah, but I, the fact that he eliminated Damien Priest is like Damien Priest. Realistically, he's. I think he's older. I think he's in his like late thirties. That's oh, no, a guy I think that he's early forties now. Let me look. Uh, that's a guy that you should be like pushing as like your next mm-hmm. big star if you if you actually cared about doing new stars, which I don't even think that they are at this point. But he should be like a guy who's really like in your final four. If not, actually, you have him just win the damn rumble and he's, have him push him, do a mania match between him and like Bobby Lashley and get him 39. over by. Having, 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He should be the he should be a guy winning the rumble, and then you have him, you make him a star by having him go on to Mania, and then winning the title and give and have him hold the title for like six months and actually book him well, but instead of being what they did with Big E, where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah you won the title on a fluke, uh, and then we're gonna basically still book you as a mid Carter. Yeah. They they have said. Because uh, uh, I listened to um, Wrestling Observer Live the day the Monday after the Rumble, and they said outright they're like we need to build new stars. It's like, do you know how anymore? No. Uh, it's it's very apparent that you don't. Because because see they they think they do and then they get tripped up in the what we're not supposed to job them to Roman repeatedly. They they just I don't. Look, I, I don't understand how you lose that. If if you're going to say we need to build new stars, then do it. The last star they built was Braun Strowman, and they could not undercut him fast enough. Mm-hmm. They did it repeatedly. <laughs> yep. Braun kept getting over, and then they kept killing him. Because, like, the Fiend the fiend got over, but I don't feel like the Fiend was ever going to be a difference maker for, like, attendance and like ratings, and I feel like Braun was. They had uh, Braun at being a, like a guy that people were actively going to shows to see. Like I think he could have been a draw. They, they had, yeah, they had something with him for like a brief period, and then yeah. they, they screwed it all up. I told you guys I went to. It's been years at this point, mm-hmm. but it's the SmackDown 1000th show. Mm-hmm. It was held in DC. I went to it, and Braun Strowman was. The most over guy on the entire show, and the only person who even came close to like the pop he got and the, and the excitement people had for him was Undertaker, who at that point you know had like twenty five, thirty years worth of, of people buying into him. Yeah, like Braun was over, and they they just proceeded to just screw the, the shit out of that. Yeah, they just they sat on it too long and didn't do anything with it. And if you go back to some of our earlier episodes, I overused the phrase strike while the iron's hot. They never do. They just sat around and did nothing. And so you have a guy who should be it looks for all the world like you're building to be your next big star. Doing nothing. And then you're like, well, what happened to our and then and then you fire him. Now, I would say the the fiend had potential because he was one of the big merch movers, but they overused him. Yeah, they, they overused him. Yeah, and they did it. They, they used him wrong. Like that gimmick is not one that you have show up all the time and do cartoon shit with. Like I, the oversized mallets and stuff. Like, come on. I mean, if in the in the funhouse it worked, but not in the ring. Don't do that. No. No, but he should have been – the Fiend should have been like he shows up on the big pay-per-views. He crushes some mid-carder, and he never challenges for titles. That should have been the Fiend. Or – and one – I'll give them credit for this. The one thing they did seem to do, although I'm torn whether they did it on purpose or if it was an accident, was that after somebody had something with the Fiend, their gimmick seemed to change a bit. Yeah. Like something changed, 
but I can't I can't figure out if they meant to do that or if they stumbled backwards into it. I think um I think the problem is is those programs are usually so terrible they had to tweak things to like salvage the guys he was beating. Maybe I, I don't know, but it it was just you know they were just like oh you know we've got this guy that's super over and he's getting lots of media you know lots of buzz. Put him out there all the time, then. You yeah. Know, it's like you're you're killing the mystique of the gimmick, right? Yeah. But. And so, um, there's one last thing we wanted to talk about tonight. We've been tiptoeing around this. We've talked about it a bit on the podcast before, but I kind of wanted to to give a little time to it because the topic is coming up more and more, and more and more people are starting to buy into it. But mm-hmm. the topic is: Do we think the WWE is going to sell the company? Do we think Vince is actually going to sell, and that's why? They're letting so many people go, and they're making a lot of the decisions they're making. If you had asked me that question uh, on basically beginning of last year, I would have been like, "Well, I don't think so. Uh, you know, they could sell, you know, but I don't really think that they are." If you asked me that right now, I'd be like, "Yes, I absolutely think that they're going to sell. It's just a matter of when." I don't know if it's going to be before the new contracts or just after the new contracts. I think contracts um, are signed. so. Uh, my my opinion is the next contract is going to involve the sale to whoever gets the TV. And I think it's going to be either Universal or 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 Disney that gets them. I almost feel like they they would Disney might win out on that. I think they'd be better off with Universal, but I think if Disney wants them, Disney will get them. Well, it's like a billion-dollar deal with with Peacock, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and Peacock just announced that they actually have like lost viewers since then, so it's they, like they're not. They're they not. Only <laughs> have, no, they only have. They only have because because the numbers just came out. They. they I don't. Chad, I don't attribute that entirely to the WWE. No, they only they only have like nine million subscribers to. To peacock. That's because Peacock sucks. Well, what are you gonna watch on Peacock? The interface is bad. But like, what you're gonna watch The Office? Like, no one's gonna spend there, money to watch The Office. Yeah, there are some people that it is their comfort show and they watch it repeatedly. But they were banking so hard on those people that it didn't work. Yeah, but those like, people though, those people probably just have it on Blu-ray or DVD at this point, or they watch it yeah. on the like five different networks that or or they they've taken to the high seas yeah like it just that's not a good enough reason you need stuff like even paramount's like kind of been successful because they they leverage their catalog i i just hearing that i i enjoyed that laugh so much i sat at my computer and pointed at the screen and laughed like but how bad peacock is, is the worst but how bad is their service that they literally bought a service with over – like with I think somewhere – like I think 1.2 million subscribers at the time, and they don't even have 10 million subscribers. That that like – that blows my mind. And yeah, it, Matt, Matt hit the nail on the head is that the, the interface is so bad, it effectively makes it impossible to use. And if it's too much of a hassle to use it, people aren't going to. They're just not gonna. They're not gonna watch it. And I think we've hit um, 
I think we've hit streaming platform fatigue. I think they ruined streaming like they did cable. Like I think there's just yeah. too much stuff out there, and people. I think I think the average person has the capacity to have their prime membership, Netflix, Disney, and HBO Max, and then that's like their their capacity for streaming uh, services. Let me count real quick. Because you could you could bundle Disney and Hulu together and call right. it one. Right, I'm I'm just gonna call that Disney though. Yeah, yeah that's that's fair. It would. It, going yeah. To Disney going to Disney would make sense. Disney, obviously, of course, the, the, they're a stronger company. Uh, and if the problem would probably be like with some of the old content, oh, they've been they've been kind of like editing that too, yeah. right? But but if they if it if it went to Disney. Then you really do have to believe like it's gonna just it's not gonna break out of the whole PG no. stuff. No, uh, it, it just won't like it, it's it's gonna stay that way. I just don't. I, I know that it they they're a contender for it, but I just don't think Disney's really unless the mouse is so greedy that they're just grabbing up for everything. I think that's what they're I doing. But they're. They're really bad stewards of what they they acquire. Yeah, I don't honestly, I don't think that that's going to work. No, because that is so far outside of like Disney likes to cater to why like wrestling is too niche. We're not in. They like to cater the their stuff thing. to preteen girls and nostalgia whores. Like that's what they that's what Disney caters yeah. stuff to and. WWE does not cater to those groups. Yeah, it, it, it's w, Disney likes big mass market stuff. They like they to like, test market their movies until every ounce of flavor, originality, and fun has been wrung from their their stuff. I, I um, this is kind of just like as a, as a side. Like I I like the first two seasons of Mandalorian. From what I have seen, I haven't seen an episode, but just clips and stuff. I have seen stuff on Twitter for Boba Fett. Oh, I, I'm God. not. It looks bad. Doesn't. How, I'm not feeling it. I, so that know. does worry me. It's like it looks very like focus tested and stuff like that. And it's like that. That I don't want that in my wrestling. That I don't. show. That show has all sorts of problems. Like you literally see him getting out of the Sarlacc pit in his armor. And then they have him going back to the Sarlacc pit looking for his armor. And it's like, oh, my God, like, can you guys, like, at least pretend like you care? See, the the wrestling, like, Star Wars, huge appeal. Um, the yeah. Marvel cinematic it, stuff, it widespread appeal. But see, Marvel, was, Marvel only has when survived. When they buy it. Oh. When they buy it. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me put it that way. When they're grabbing this stuff... It's widespread popular things, right? Yeah. And so they, they grab those up because they're like, oh, this is really widespread and popular. We can make a lot off of it. I don't think Disney's the front runner for the purchase because wrestling is too niche now. And there's there it's not popular enough for Mickey to look at it and think, we're going to make a lot more money off of this. It's, it's, it's kind of at its ceiling as it stands right now. I don't think that they're going to be able to make a whole lot off of it as they slowly drive it into the ground like they do everything else. 
I think um, they in the pre-existing relationship with Universal would help WWE get go there. I think that would probably turn that would turn out better for them. I think I think creatively that would because I think Disney would run them into the ground. Well, if Freddie Prince Jr. is to be believed, and to be honest with you, I do not have a reason to disbelieve him. They tried to orchestrate the sale to Fox before the uh, the SmackDown deal. I remember that being a rumor at the time. Well, he put that on his. Uh, he has a he has a podcast where he talks a lot about <laughs> stories being on their creative, and that's that's uh, he tells that story on there. So of I I don't hey as opposed to some other people. I, I do not yet have a reason to disbelieve him. Yeah, I can go with that. Oh. So I think I think this next TV deal we're gonna see him sell like that's just because I think I think um, well obviously Triple H got scapegoated but I don't think Triple H is ever coming back because I I know it's really hush hush and I'm not trying to like pretend like I know anything but I think either his health is so bad he can't work anymore or that his health scared him and he's just like i can't do this stuff i'm just retiring with my money and raising my kids it seems that he has fallen kind of deeply out of favor in the vince world Mm -hmm. and other people who are you know more vulture like like bruce pritchard have kind of stepped in and taken things over probably as a power play but i do wonder because Meltzer has kind of intimated that his uh the the health because it's very vague. Like when he when when Triple H went out, it was like oh he had a he had a procedure done. Uh, but it's like what what exactly happened? It, it, that some kind of harsh thing. Yeah, a procedure. It, but yes, but I mean I get I I I deal a lot with uh, with like physicians. Phys, I can't talk about physicians yeah. and yeah. with medical records and things like that. A, a cardiac procedure could be like you have to go in. And have like a, a catheterization, which obviously there's some risk involved in that, but it's very, very low and people get them all the time and I, it's not a big deal. It's nothing serious. I That's, think he had some bypasses done because he was a steroid yeah. abuser. So I'm yeah. thinking like mm-hmm. some severe or, plaque buildup and all yeah, that stuff. Is, or is the procedure quote unquote done something like that, like something really serious, like a, a significant bypass? Did he have like a heart valve that had to be replaced? Like there's a there's actually like a, a big big universe of stuff that could have happened to him but mm-hmm. i do wonder how bad it was because it seems like there it is hush hush and i don't know anything well i think but too people are talking kind of vaguely about it and they they kind of intimate like yeah like you said he may not be coming back because i think too even if even if he can be normal again he's of that age and his kids are young enough where i think he's gonna be like i can't do it anymore i gotta take care of myself i have enough money like I want to be there for my kids. Like I think, and and Stephanie still got her job. Yeah. So it's not like they're ever going to be hurting, but yeah. If if I, I'm pretty sure this was a Meltzer thing, but his statement was, well, he even if he does come back, he can't ever get in the ring again. I mean, he, so, he hadn't been in the ring for a while, though. I don't think that that's true. But I mean, it. You know, he didn't have a retirement match or a big like Triple H's last match ever kind of blowout well, thing. Remember. It's, Remember they did that um was it Australia where he tore his like pectoral muscle and I don't think he ever came back from that. I'm not sure. Um 
to be uh, honest with you, I, 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 I didn't ever track Triple H stuff because, frankly, I, I think I still have a better taste in my mouth for some of his other things. I guess but, he had, it, looking it up, it looks like his last match was against Randy Orton at Super Showdown. Was that in Australia? That was, no, that was in Saudi Arabia. Oh, okay, so that might have been the Peck Terror match. I thought the Peck Terror happened in... It was him, was that him and Michaels, or was like Kane and Undertaker? Yeah, because yeah, it was like, I there's thought, like yeah, 200 like years match. in that yeah. ring. Yeah, <laughs> 200 years! Yeah, I thought that was like the... That might have been it, yeah. That match, and then he came back because he did. He went. He had a WrestleMania match against Batista, and then it looks like he had the match oh, against yeah, Randy, Randy Orton later that year. Hmm. I remember you talking about that match and how like it just deflated the whole crowd, and your like wife passed out and. My, she, my my wife, hey, my wife graciously uh, will go to wrestling shows with me occasionally. It's not not since the pandemic, but yeah. she has gone in the past. She probably will go in the future once things like. You know, open up a bit. Uh, occasionally, if it's like a, something for the show uh, that I'm watching, uh, I she can sometimes watch it with me. But she doesn't care for wrestling that much. And she sat through that like eight hour WrestleMania, and she was like, "This match is way too long." And I agree, like that should not have been like 30 minutes long, which it was. But at least once you factored in all the entrances, it was like 30 minutes long. Yeah, yeah, excessive. Well, and they milked everything in that damn match God. wasn't there like that one got really gory too like really tone deafly gory the, the triple h ripping the nose ring out of batista supposed spot which incidentally was triple h doing that and then pulling the palmed nose ring out of his hand while batista <laughs> hid the one that he had been wearing like it, it was it was bad because i don't think they were even the same color yeah i it, it was um <laughs> He got it from the same place they got Rey Mysterio's eye. Oh, oh God. Yeah, yeah there you go. Disney's not going to buy a place where it's like we had an eye versus eye match, <laughs> where we expect we expect you to believe that our our wrestlers were you know one of our wrestlers gouged the eye out of the other one. It's like Disney's not going to not going to foot the bill on that one. They're going to be like, nope, no, no, never mind. Don't need you know, that. Talking about some of these stories, it's funny to talk about things that are like years in the past. I would realize like, oh, we did a podcast episode on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. But, but yeah, we... so I, I guess we're all in agreement. We think there's a possibility they sell this like when the next TV deal rolls around. I think it's likely. I think I... they'll try. I don't know if they can get a buyer. Oh, they'll get a buyer. Yeah. Yeah, they'll 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 absolutely get a buyer. It's just, is it going to be for the amount of money that they want? And yeah. I think like Melser has in times past, and by times past, I mean recently, like probably within the last like six months, he has been very very optimistic that oh yeah they will absolutely because it, we're in a weird era. Uh, where cable TV is not even like that important, even though he he. Dave Austin discusses the the ratings still like in depth. AEW the ratings. demo, yeah, the demos and everything like that. Uh, cable TV, it's almost like an it, afterthought. People, yeah, people <laughs> care. People, it, it's still it's relevant, quaint. important, but it's all about like streaming services now too, of which mm-hmm. there are a dozen, probably more than a dozen, but there's like a dozen like 
really important ones. And and the name of the game is content, and that's the problem. The WWE, like, we can talk about the level of quality, and it is. It's bad. It's been poor for, like, a long time. I remember when we started this podcast, it was probably, like, what, 2018? And yeah. we were talking about how, like, it, it things had already started to go downhill. It's mm. been substantially – it's, like, exponentially worse year after year. We, I would, created, creatively, I, it's terrible. I think I'd kill for 2018 because we started out watching the pay-per-views, and some of them were decent, but, like, like we just stopped after a while because it was just getting so terrible. Well, as as I have said before, and I still stand by this, like usually the quality of of a lot of the matches on the pay per views is is good because they have some of the best workers in the entire planet. So they, those people can usually cobble together a good match. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that the booking's terrible. You don't really care about the feuds. Like the the finishes are usually crap because the wrong person goes over or it's some bullshit like you had with the the Lesnar Lashley match it's a lot of crap but they don't care no no one in WWE cares because it's all about content we create we they create content a lot of content every every week mm-hmm. and that's what they're going to when it comes down to them I that's why partly why I think they're going to sell is like when it comes down to renewing those contracts uh if they secure the contracts or it's part of like the the, the sell deal I don't know they're gonna be. They're gonna push that. Like, look how much, look many hours of content. Nine hours create. of content a week, like clockwork. Yeah, Nine hours a week, and and the back catalog. If yep. you wanna uh, look, we bought up the, all these libraries that you could use for for other programming and that sort of. St- yeah, that's yep. that's a good positioning deal. But um, I don't know, man. It's it. I, there's part of me that wonders who is going to go. Yeah, wrestling. I'm going to get into that because I'm going to wonder if someone's going to turn around and go, you know, how'd that work out for Ted Turner? Yeah. <laughs> like Ted Turner was never going to get rid of if if he had his say, he was never going to get rid of it because wrestling basically made TBS. Yeah. And, you know, he wasn't going to he wasn't going to deep six it because of that because he's like no it'll come back around and but there's there's not people around that have that kind of history anymore no maybe maybe just maybe there are some people who are going to be like the and this going to be a weird poll but like dave Chappelle's interaction with netflix and where they had different people come into positions of authority and when he dealt with them, they're like, you know what? You're absolutely right. We shouldn't be doing that, and we owe you some money. So here you go. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think we're going to see a- as much of that kind of thing. You know, Tony Khan does it because Tony Khan loves it and yeah. he wants to do it. And and that honestly, that kind of shines through in the way the product is handled. You know, it's too expensive to run like a big time wrestling company that could carry itself on, on like, you got to be willing to lose out for a while you know there's even, a loss leader because even like lucha underground which is good and i think gained some traction but was primarily a tv product like was just doomed from its its setup oh yeah it was not um it, it had a it had a shelf life so well i think we've about run all we got on this haven't we yeah we beat that horse dead <laughs> matt what do you think yeah i think we covered everything hey yeah 
what have we got coming? Um, Tupelo concession stand brawls uh, is coming up. Tupelo concession stand that ought to be fun. Yes. And um, I that's I'm not sure if that's ne- next week or after. I don't have uh, that in front of me right now. But we have. I think we might have filler content next week because uh, all three of us are married and Valentine's Day is this coming week. That's true. Yeah. That's and the Super Bowl. true. And the Super Bowl, like... Hear Go those, Bengals! Yes. Hear those Bengals growling, mean and yeah, angry. Who day? I'm not even an NFL guy, but I'm pulling for the Bengals because they haven't oh, I had just, any... I just want... I just want... I want so bad for them to blow out the Rams and just give a fuck you to the media and the NFL for and their Golden Boy franchise. Like, that's what I want so bad. I, I want the Bengals to win because the last time the Bengals won a postseason game, it was against the Houston Oilers. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, uh, thank you all for joining us. Um, if you've got questions, thoughts, requests, hit us up on social media. We would love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, so this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth, and we'll catch you next time.